This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to The Way Forward. I'm Jack Otter. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kimberly Orth, CEO of Orth Financial Group, an Ameriprise-affiliated practice in Delaware. So, Kim, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I know things are busy these days, but we need to congratulate you on being the number one ranked advisor on Barron's just-published list of top women advisors. And so, I have to start by asking you about that. I wonder, is it possible to identify a few of the hallmarks of your practice, your approach to financial advice that you think has particularly contributed to its uh, success? Well, uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Jack. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, Of course, uh, many of your advisors on this call who, who are listening to this will recognize that hard work, perseverance, and a supportive and talented team are definitely critical to success, um, but also role models that I've had uh, from for people that have paved the way before me, uh, women and, and men uh, in Ameriprise and also across the industry who have been um, a great support. My family has been a great support, of course, and uh, clients, frankly, who have been raving fans and have uh, <laughs> referred people to me over the years. You know, it's it's great to have all of all of those parts of your life that uh, work together. They they uh, you know support you and help you to have uh, more success. When you say clients recommend you to others, of course that makes perfect sense. I, I know in your business referrals are crucial. If you were listening in on a client recommending Kimberly Orth, uh, what do you think she would say to her friend, neighbor, relative? Uh, that makes you special uh, in your uh, practice? Yeah, I would say that um, Kim listens. She wants to get to know you. She she likes to understand your situation. Uh, she's a certified financial planner. She's a financial planner by by nature. So she comes at it from, from uh, a perspective of understanding your goals and trying to help you uh, to clarify what that goal is and and to help you achieve it. So, um, you know, I would say uh, I'm not for everyone, but um, if you want someone who who is listening and who tries to understand who you are and what you're trying to accomplish, then this could be a good fit. Uh, well, as somebody who has interviewed a lot of financial advisors, I know uh, some follow that old rule of two ears, one mouth, and some don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're certainly a good listener. Uh, I, I want to look inward for, or allow you to look inward. Um, how has managing your team in the work from home format been? Uh, on In the middle of March, I presume you, like everyone else, suddenly faced a new reality. What have been the big changes in the way you guys work together? Yes, um, around uh, mid-March, um, we decide we made the decision to work virtually. And I have to be honest, it's been very, very successful. We, we have we haven't missed a beat. It's been seamless. The working from home has been very, very manageable. Um, our technology team men- member got us all set up. He's been preparing for this for a long time uh, by having our the infrastructure for all of the team members to be able to work remotely in case of a of an emergency. Uh, so when Delaware shut down, everyone went home with their equipment. 
they took three monitors home, four monitors, their computer, their telephone. The, the telephone is through the internet. So um, they took everything. And um, I've stayed in the office the whole time. I live very close to my office. So um, I've just been coming into the office. I've been getting dressed for the office. I know, don't say anything. It's just who I am. <laughs> and um, my team has really been supporting me wonderfully. So, you know, if I, we've We've really had a very successful, um, you know, experience, I'd say. Now we're starting to bring people back into the office slowly. Um, we have about nine people in the office right now. The other half are still working from home. Um, I personally get more energy when I have people around me. So, um, you know, that's just something I prefer. But, of course, we care about the safety and health of our team members, um, you know, and clients first and foremost. By the way, I totally get the dressing for the office thing. Uh, there have been periods in my life where I did it. And then the great thing is when you take off that office clothing and put on the shorts or the t-shirt or whatever, you realize, okay, I'm not working anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm, And that's I'm important these clothes. days when it's <laughs> tempting to work all the time. So uh, it sounds like most of the things went smoothly. Any really big challenges that you had to overcome? I don't know. I would say communication for is always um, is always a challenge, even whether you're in person or if you're working remotely. Uh, we've had clients retire during this time, which can be stressful. Uh, but the team hasn't really missed a beat. You know, it requires a lot more leadership and communication from from me and my leadership team. You know, when you're when you're in the office, you hear things, you hear conversations that are going on, people are talking around you as you're walking through the halls. And sometimes it sparks something in your brain. So that that collaboration is something that I, I don't know. I don't know that we're getting the same level of that um, when we work remotely. Um, also, reading body language is, um, you know, is also an important part of communication, I think. Um, I, I just need to make sure that I verbalize more and more to my team how much they're valued and, and how great of a job they're doing. I feel like I say it all the time, but I, I also think I could probably say it more, you know? Yeah, something has been lost, that, that serendipity of, as you say, overhearing something or just chatting with someone at the water cooler who maybe you don't bump into that often. Uh, we've lost that. And so you do right. you do need to find a way to replace that, especially as a leader uh, like you are. The virus is happening, but life goes on. You know, people are going through major life milestones, whether they're good or bad. And, you know, when it comes to some of these big milestones, you know, the conversation sometimes is better in person. That's all I'm going to say, if the client is comfortable with it, you know. Sure. I want to ask uh, about the future and your team mm -hmm. and, and others in your business. What do you think that the, sort of the team of the future uh, in your industry will look like in terms of ways that it's different as a result of this pandemic? Will there be more working from home? Will there be other trends that you think have begun and won't stop even after we get a vaccine, which I hope we do? Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, it is hard to say. It really is early days yet. Um, but maybe there will be more flexibility in the way people work. Um, maybe some clients don't want to come in four times a year and they will do more virtual meetings. Uh, there will be more use of technology. Um, I don't think the importance of face-to-face -face interaction uh, is is going to diminish. I think I think you still need that when you're having a difficult conversation with a client who's getting a divorce, or or you're having a difficult uh, retirement conversation where the the let's say the husband wants to retire, but the wife absolutely does not want him to retire. You know, you kind of have to be a little bit of a of a 
not a psychologist because, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but you have to <laughs> do some of that. Um, but really, technology is going to change all of this. You know, if a, if a client lives 45 minutes away, they're they're and and you're doing it well virtually, you know, they may want to continue to do it virtually and, and avoid the drive. Sure, sure. I will say you're you're very careful, but a another financial advisor once told me that far and away the most important role she played was as the shrink. <laughs> so <laughs> I, you you may beg off, but I know uh, that's an important part of, of the job. It, it is. It really is. It's you're you're helping people manage their emotions. You're there's you know behavioral finance cannot be you know uh, cannot be emphasized too much. You know it's really helping people manage their emotions. So it's we do that. And our Gosh. own as well, you know, our, our own emotions as well. You know, it's it's easier to do these virtual meetings with well-established relationships. Frankly, I'm still working it out with new clients. But I will tell you, my younger advisors are able to do it seamlessly. They, they're used to the technology. They're comfortable with it. You know, they, they've brought on all kinds of clients in, in, this, in this time. That's so really that's really interesting, um, and I, I assume even your older clients have gotten more comfortable with the technology as time has worn on. Oh, most certainly, most certainly, and and I'm just excited by all of it. I mean, I'm so I'm excited, I'm energized. You know, I I it's this is this has been a challenge, but it hasn't all been bad. You know, we're learning new things. We're we're figuring out uh, new ways to do things. We we're learning things that we didn't know before that we could do. You know, we're we're just it's good. It's all good. It's life. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, another question about your client base. Your practice has an unusually broad spread in terms of the net worth of your clients, from math uh, mass affluent uh, to, to high net worth. Is mm -hmm. that by design? Um, yeah, we like to work with with all kinds of people in my practice. Um, I tend to work personally with the clients that have the higher net worth, that have the more complex um, situations. Um, my younger advisors, my younger team members uh, tend to work with the children and grandchildren of our high net worth clients. Um, and we... We really, I say that this this profession is really a, a calling. You know, it's like being a, a a nurse or a teacher or a priest. We we like to help people. It's it's why we went into the business. We feel strongly about um, helping, and and we want to have we want everybody to have access to financial planning because um, you know we just we believe so strongly in it that if you have a a a knowledgeable and, and I don't know, what's the word I want to use? A, you know, knowledgeable advisor uh, who is helping you to, um, to identify what your goals are and to help you correct, take corrective action along the way, you're going to be in a better pos position than people who don't have that. Absolutely. As you've, well, while that's certainly true in the long term, when when the market suddenly drops thirty percent, of course people mm -hmm. uh, get a little prickly. Mm -hmm. What has been your client's biggest fear? Do they worry? Do they see another recession in the future? And and how are you addressing all those issues with them? Yeah. Um, so as I have already alluded to, our clients primarily do financial planning, and they are goal oriented. Um, some clients have uh, concerns around the election. Um, whatever your political view is, you could feel desperation or you could feel elation. Um, I tell people the election is going to happen. Someone is going to get elected. Uh, but whatever the outcome is, I'm still going to be here. I'm the constant <laughs> in your life. Uh, we will help you to take whatever steps are necessary. 
to help make sure that your portfolios um, are constructed properly so that you can stay on track to achieve your goals. I mean, we we are here to help you. Um, you know, obviously, too, clients are concerned about the coronavirus. Um, some people are petrified of the virus. Others, not so much. Um, it remains to, to be seen how this is going to unfold. Um, I'm starting to say to clients um, that we may be dealing with this for three more years. Uh, who knows how or when we will have a vaccine or when it will be available to you. You know, I, I know for a fact me. I won't be the one who's first in line for the vaccine because doctors, nurses, dentists, teachers, you know, they're all going to get it. If EMTs, they're all going to get it before I will. And so I'm not trying to scare you. Sorry, <laughs> but I'm just I'm trying to be realistic and I'm trying to help clients, um, you know, understand that, OK, this is here. We're dealing with this and and you still need to live. You can't shut your life down. Be careful. Be smart. Wash your hands. Uh, wear a mask. Uh, socially distance. But don't stop living. You know, people are still going to get married. They're still going to have celebrations. They're still going to, you know, babies are going to be born. And and good things are going to come out of all of this. And we still need to celebrate. We still need to have joy in our lives. It just may be not gigantic celebrations. Or if they are, they'll be on video conference. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the political thing is interesting. I, I always tell people to try to separate their politics from their investing. I mean, we've had two great examples where if you didn't like Obama and you stayed out of the market, that didn't work out so well. And if you mm -hmm. didn't like Trump and you stayed out of the market, that didn't work so well either. Right. Uh, right. Do you find people who want to mix the two? And do you, do you find yourself talking them off the ledge? Oh, yeah, certainly. We have a wide range of clients, you know, just like there are humans in, on the planet. You know, our clients are rep very representative of that. And we're we're really always having these conversations with clients. I, I like it when my clients are are thinking about the bigger picture. I like it when they're thinking about the whole picture. If they can focus on their goals, uh, for example, if you're 35 years old and you're not going to be retiring really for 30 more years, you don't really have to worry so intently about what your retirement dollars are doing. If you're sure. 64 and you're going to be retiring next year, we've already taken the steps necessary to protect you from from any volatility or or vagaries of the market. I know that you are, this is not how you think about client portfolios, but because I have an expert here, I want to ask you to polish off your crystal ball oh boy. and, and <laughs> what are your predictions for the market over the, say, the coming six, 12 months? Uh, it certainly seems to have had one heck of a run up and, and a lot of people are worrying that the, the, the stock market may have gotten a little over its skis in terms of uh, what the economic outlook actually is. Yeah, um, there's going to be plenty of volatility going forward. That's the the very certain thing right there. Um, the path forward for stocks largely depends on how the economy responds to an uneven reopening over the course of the next couple of quarters. You know, without a breakthrough in a COVID-19 vaccine or treatment, flare-ups in the virus are going to hinder the overall growth uh, in the coming months. Um, with that in mind, consumers and businesses may be slower to re-engage in regular activity, um, particularly in areas where, where things are worsening. You know, this tug of war between the realities of current conditions and market expectations will create more volatility. Um, I don't think we're going to see the same lows that we had on March 23rd. 
Um, but the kinds of volatility that we've seen in the last few weeks is probably going to continue at least into and maybe through 2021. Um, if and when we have a vaccine, I think the market will respond favorably. And with all of that said, I don't want to promise anything in this market because there's just so many variables. Sure. Now, I know you're not um, constantly adjusting portfolios according to your short-term view, uh, but speaking more broadly, are there mm -hmm. any changes to your investment approach uh, in, in response to what we've seen in recent months? Yeah, sure. With all the uncertainty out there and um, with the uniqueness of this uh, COVID-19 virus and, and uh, no clear end in sight, um, what I've said, and with the surprise of the, of the COVID-19, if you're already retired, I have been pulling down a little bit uh, more cash um, in case this goes on longer than expected. I don't, I don't want clients to be surprised or, um, or, you know, have, have, just have an unpleasant surprise. Uh, if you're 30 years old, as I said, I'm not really making changes. We are doing a lot of dollar cost averaging where it's appropriate. Uh, we're constantly rebalancing portfolios to make sure that they match with what, what the goal is and what they're trying to accomplish along with the risk tolerance. And of course, we believe in financial planning. We think it works. It's a way to manage your emotions. Um, clients can log, log in online and see their goals and how they're tracking towards them. And that, we think, provides them with a, a sense of control and confidence. You know, that's a, a tool that we have through Ameriprise. It just uh, allows them to use that. Uh, ha have clients been checking in a little more often over the past few months or have they, they done the right thing and, and just averted their eyes? It's it's more random the, than that. You'd actually okay. be surprised at who's not looking at it and who huh. is looking at it. It's uh, <laughs> it's very it's very surprising to me. We've had a, a large number of clients say, "I'm not even looking at it because I I I don't want to see it." And then we've had other clients that are looking at it every single day. So it it runs the gamut. But we we help them manage that. You know, it's all good. Uh, one more market question for you. You mentioned rebalancing before. There is the story of the market really seems to be this huge valuation gap between tech stocks and everything else. It was happening pre-COVID just because that's where the growth was. And then the, these tech companies sort of became the stay-at-home trade. Uh, and, and I could go either way on that, right? Maybe that is the future, of course. But then when you see a dispersion like that, you think, gee, what happens when things revert to the mean? What are you doing in your stock portfolios to address that? Yeah, um, I I hear you. <laughs> um, so so right now, many of our portfolios are overweight in tech stocks. Um, we're not we're not dramatically overweighted. Okay, um, you know some consumer staples may be struggling in this market when there's not as much opportunity with people not going to events or restaurants. Uh, you know, on the flip side, people are re relying more on technology more than ever. Um, technology might have more more room to run. Um, and as you said, we've we've seen this before, and so you you do want to be cautious too. You want to just be mindful of of where everything is going. And it it always for us, it's so helpful to have it in perspective of what the client's goal is, you know, what their, what their time frame is, what they're trying to accomplish. You know, that really is very, very helpful to us. Certainly. Uh, let's pivot to uh, your growth. Um, 
organic growth is a key element uh, when Matt Bartel puts together these rankings. So as the number one advisor, you've obviously seen very strong, consistent growth. And you referred earlier to all the phone calls that, that at least your younger associates are getting. Um, has that increased during the pandemic, fallen off a little bit? Um, what has been the effect? I think it's the one thing that I love about the pandemic. Can I just say that? <laughs> There's not much to love, but this is, sure. I mean, people are home. People are, they're home, they're working virtually, they've gotten back their commuting time. Um, we are seeing growth and a lot more people are thinking that they need help with their finances. That's where we step in. You know, we still grow primarily through referrals. That's what we've been doing for 34 years. We've really seen no decrease in the number of referrals that we get. Um, and, and even more than normal, uh, because people want to make sure their loved ones are taken care of, especially in this environment. So, you know, we're not, um, we're not doing dinners like we were doing where you would have a client bring a friend, but sure. we are we are reaching out to clients. So, yeah, and prospect, prospective clients. Uh, other than those events uh, suddenly being put on hold, anything else different from what you would normally do in terms of prospecting? Um, well, we ask every client and we offer, offer our services to anyone that they care about, of course. Um, we are trying some new things. Um, we have a, a wholesaler partner who has hired a mixologist who will do a virtual event to teach people how to make special cocktails. That was a lot of fun. I mean, I will say that was just really a lot of fun. Brilliant. I, I don't, yeah, I don't drink a lot, but even I have fun <laughs> with that, you know. And um, people, it was it was different. It was engaging, you know, it was fun. Uh, she was very good at her job. And we've also, um, some of my advisors have also done virtual yoga for clients and prospective clients, and, and that's that's had good results as well, so... You know, we're open to new ideas, anything you have. <laughs> well, certainly uh, yoga and a good stiff drink are sound like the perfect way to get through a quarantine. So those yes. are good ideas. <laughs> a couple of things in terms of looking to the future. We have had quite a run in stocks, and I'm not just talking since March 23rd, but in the U.S., the domestic market especially, we've seen valuations creeping up over the past decade as as yields have fallen and, and other dynamics, I think, have led to that as well. Um, now you've got the pandemic. Does the client expectation of the future have to be tweaked a little bit, or at least the next decade uh, as a result of all of this? It's going to have some impact on the way people are thinking. This is kind of in the same way that 9-11 had an impact on the way people think. You know, it's if I had a crystal ball, I would say my pr prediction is that the longer this pandemic lasts, uh, clients, people's heads will change. They, they will change more. Um, within a year, if we happen to be back to normal, there will be some changes. Um, clients will be more comfortable with virtual meetings. And we could maybe offer more flexibility to some team members to work from home. Uh, maybe there would be some instances where you would need less real estate. Um, I think I think the longer it lasts, some of those changes could be more uh, substantial. You know, but but remember, humans at a very high level are social creatures. The connection and the interaction are going to remain very important, even if the world changes. I think that's my own humble personal opinion. <laughs> well, I'm going to second that. I, I think that if we can lick this disease with a vaccine or, or whatever, uh, I do think a lot of those old habits, as hard as it is to imagine now, will we'll come back for exactly the reason that you say. 
So, Kim, you have been at enough Barron's events to know our tradition. Before wrapping up anything, uh, we ask people like you for one final actionable idea. Uh, Do you have one for us? Uh, Yes, I do. And it's very important. Um, For all the advisors that are on this uh, call and uh, maybe even home office people, um, remember the clients are autonomous. They can take their business anywhere, especially in a virtual world. Try to remember every single meeting. Thank your clients for their business. You should always thank them, but especially in this environment, this needs to be reaffirmed. I'm I'm a hugger, and I show my appreciation when my you know when my clients leave my office. I I make sure that they know I care. In a virtual environment, that's more difficult. So you need to make sure that you're vocalizing it. I I say to clients, this is exactly what I say. If if that's okay with you, I can tell you exactly what I say. I say thank you for your calm, sanguine demeanor. You're you're not getting too too alarmed over this market. Uh, thank you for your friendship and thank you for your business. You know, I say that to, to all clients because it is true. Make sure they know they're appreciated. If, if you don't say it, they may not feel it. So that's my advice. That's great advice. And it extends to to family members and, and even managing one's employees too. I, th- I think that's fantastic advice because even though you know in your head, the, the, all those people may not know how much they're appreciated. Yeah, it goes back to the communication that we talked about earlier. It's in this environment, communication, 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 really. You, you, you know that you appreciate your team members. They know it on a esoteric level. But, but if you don't say it, they could start to think maybe she doesn't care. And we don't want that to happen. So important to remind people of that. Kim, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. Well, thank you very much for having me on this call. I am really very grateful to you for this. It's, it's great to, to share these ideas. Thank you. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another newsletter and another episode of The Way Forward. This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more.